it would take a liking to him. Sharp-eyed and quick with the cudgel, Lud would say. That fellow deserves a promotion. Sergeant Juiced Van Pole, he whispered, savoring the sound of the words. Captain Juiced Van Pole. Stop gawking at yourself. Juiced whirled, cheeks going hot as Hank and Rutger strode into the side garden. They were both older, bigger, and broader of shoulder than Juiced, and they were house guards, private servants of Councilman Hode. That meant they wore his pale green livery, carried fancil rifles from Navuzem, and never let Juiced forget that he was a lowly grunt from the city watch. Petting that bit of fuzz isn't going to make it grow any faster, Rutger said with a loud laugh. Juice tried to summon some dignity. I need to finish my rounds. Rudger elbowed Hank. That means he's going to go stick his head in the Grisha workshop to get a look at his girl. Oh, Anya, won't you use your Grisha magic to make my mustache grow? Hank mocked. Juice turned on, it on his heel, cheeks burning, and strode down the eastern side of the house. They'd been teasing him ever since he arrived. If it hadn't been for Anya, he probably would have pleaded with his captain for a reassignment. He and Anya only ever exchanged a few words on his rounds, but she was the only spe the best part of his night. And he had to admit, he liked Hode's house too, for the few peeks he'd managed in the windows. Hode had one of the grandest mansions on the Geldstraat, floors set with gleaming squares of black and white stone, shining dark wood walls lit by gl blown glass chandeliers that floated like jellyfish near the coffered ceilings. Sometimes Juice liked to pretend that it was his house, that he was a rich merchant just out for a stroll through his fine garden. Before he rounded the corner, Juice took a deep breath. Anya, your eyes are brown like tree bark. He'd think of something. He was better off being spontaneous anyways. He was surprised to see the glass panel doors to the Grisha workshop open. More than the hand-painted blue tiles in the kitchen or the mantles laden with potted tulips, this workshop was a testimony to Hode's wealth. Grisha, indent Grisha indentures didn't come cheap, and Hode had three of them. But Yuri wasn't seated at the long work table, and Anya was nowhere to be seen. Only Retvenko was there sprawled out on a chair in dark blue robes, eyes shut, book open on his chest. Juiced hovered in the doorway, then cleared his throat. <clears> throat> These doors should be shut and locked at night. House is like furnace, Radvenko drolled without opening his eyes, his, rav his Ravkin accent thick and rolling. Tell Hode I stop sweating, I close doors. Radvenko was a squalor, older than the other Grisha indentures, his hair shot through with silver. There were rumors he'd fought for the losing side in Rothka's civil war and had fled to Kirch after the fighting. I'd be happy to present your complaints to Councilman Hode, Juice lied. The house was overheated, as if Hode were under obligation to burn coal, but Juice wasn't going to be the one to mention it. Until then, you bring news of Yuri? Redvenko interrupted, finally opening his heavily hooded eyes. Juice glanced uneasily at the bowls of red grapes and heaps of burgundy velvet on the work table. Yuri had been working on bleeding color from the fruit into curtains for Mistress Hode, but he'd fallen badly ill a few days ago, and Juiced hadn't seen him since. Dust had begun to gather on the velvet, and the grapes were going bad. I haven't heard anything. Course you hear nothing. Too busy stretching around in stupid purple uniform. What was wrong with his uniform? And why did Retvenko even have to be here? 
He was Hode's personal squalor and often traveled with the merchant's most precious cargoes, guaranteeing favorable winds to bring the ship safely and quickly to harbor. Why couldn't he be away at sea now? I think Yuri may be quarantined. So helpful, Redvenko said with a sneer. You can stop craning neck like hopeful goose, he added. Anya is gone. Juice felt his face heat again. Where is she? he asked, trying to sound authoritative. She should be in after dark. One hour ago, Hod takes her. Same night he came same as night he came for Yuri. What do you mean he came for Yuri? Yuri fell ill. Hold comes for Yuri, Yuri comes back sick. Two days later, Yuri vanishes for good. Now Anya. For good? Maybe there was an emergency. If someone needed to be healed, first Yuri, now Anya. I will be next, and no one will notice except poor little officer Just. Go now. If Councilman Hode, Redvenka raised an arm, and a gust of air slammed Juiced backwards. Juiced scrambled to keep his footing, grabbing for the doorframe. I said, now. Redvenko etched a circle in the air, and the door slammed shut. Juice let go just in time to avoid having his fingers smashed and toppled into the side garden. He got to his feet as quickly as he could, wiping muck from his uniform, shame squirming in his belly. One of the glass panes in the door had cracked from the force. Through it, he saw the squalor smirking. That's counting against your indenture, Juice said, pointing to the ruined pane. He hated how small and petty his voice sounded. Retvenko waved his hand, and the doors trembled on their hinges. Without meaning to, Juiced took a step back. Go make your rounds, little watchdog, Retvenko called. That went well, snickered Rutger, leaning against the garden wall. How long had he been standing there? Don't you have something better to do than follow me around? Juiced asked. All guards are to report to the boathouse. Even you. Are you too busy making friends? I was asking him to shut the door. Rutger shook his head. You don't ask. You tell. They're servants, not honored guests. Juiced fell into step beside him, inside still churning with humiliation. The worst part was that Rutger was right. Retvenko had no business talking to him that way. But what was Juice supposed to do? Even if he'd had the courage to get into a fight with a squalor, it would be like brawling with an expensive vase. The Grisha weren't just servants. They were Hoj's treasured possessions. What had Rudvenko meant about Yuri and Anya being taken away anyway? Had he been covering for Anya? Grisha and Dentures were kept to the house for good reason. <sighs> to walk the streets without protection was to risk getting plucked up by a slaver and never seen again. Maybe she's meeting someone, Juice speculated miserably. His thoughts were interrupted by the blaze of light and activity down by the boathouse that faced the canal. Across the water, he could see other fine mercher houses, tall and slender, the tidy gables of their rooftops making a dark silhouette against the night sky, their gardens and boathouses lit by glowing lanterns. A few weeks before, Juiced had been told that Hode's boathouse boat would be undergoing un improvements and not to strike it from his rounds. But when he and Rutger entered, he saw no paint nor scaffolding. The gondols and oars had been pu pushed up against the walls. The other house guards were there in their sea green livery, and Juiced recognized two Stodwatch guards in purple. But most of the interior was taken up by a huge box, a kind of freestanding cell that looked like it was made from reinforced steel. It seemed thick with rivets, a huge window embedded in one of its walls. The glass had a wavy dent, and through it, Juice could see a girl seated at a table, 
clutching her red silks tight around her. Behind her, a stopwatch guard stood at attention. Anya, Juiced realized with a start. Her brown eyes were right, wide and frightened, her skin pale. The little boy sitting across from her looked doubly terrified. His hair was sleep must, and his legs dangled from the chair, kicking nervously at the air. Why all the guards? asked Juiced. There had to be more than ten of them crowded into the boathouse. Councilman Hode was there, too. Along with a merchant, Juice didn't know. Both of them dressed in mercher black. Juice stood up straighter when he saw that they were talking to the captain of the Stodwatch. He'd hoped he hoped he'd gotten all the garden mud off of his uniform. What is this? Rutger shrugged. Who cares? It's a break in the routine. Juice looked through, back through the glass. Anya was staring out at him, her gaze unfocused. The day he'd arrived at Hode House, she'd healed a bruise on his cheek. It had been nothing, the yellow-green remnants of a crack he'd taken to the face during a training exercise, but apparently Hode had caught sight of it and didn't like his guards looking like thugs. Juiced had been sent to the Grisha workshop, and Anya had sat him down in a bright square of late winter sunlight. Her cool fingers had passed over his skin, and though the itch had been terrible, bare seconds later it was as if the bruise had never been. When Juiced thanked her, Anya smiled, and Juiced was lost. He knew his cause was hopeless. Even if she'd had any interest in him, he, he could never afford to buy her indenture from Hode, and she would never marry unless Hode decreed it. But it hadn't stopped him from dropping by to say hello or to bring her little gifts. She liked the map of Kirch best, a whimsical drawing of their island nation, surrounded by mermaids swimming in the true sea and ships blown along by winds depicted as fat-cheeked men. It was a cheap souvenir, the kind tourists bought along East Days, but it had seemed to please her. Now he risked raising a hand in greeting. Anya showed no reaction. She can't see you, moron, laughed Rutger. The glass is mirrored on the other side. Juice cheeks pinked. How was I to know that? Open your eyes and pay attention for once. First Yuri, not Anya. Why do they need a Grisha healer? Is that boy injured? He looks fine to me. The captain and Hode seemed to reach some kind of agreement. Through the glass, Juice saw Hode enter the cell and give the boy an encouraging pat. There must have been vents in the cell, because he heard Hode say, Be a brave lad, and there's a few Kruga in it for you. Then he grabbed Anya's chin with a liver-spotted hand. She tensed, and Juice's, Juice's gut tightened. Hode gave Anya's hand a little shake. Do as you're told, and this will be over soon, yeah? She gave a small, tight smile. Of course, uncle. Hode whispered a few words to the guard behind Anya, then stepped out. The door shut with a loud clang, and Hode slid a heavy lock into place. Hode and the other merchant took positions almost directly in front of Joost and Rudger. The merchant shoots, didn't know, said, You're sure this is wise? This girl is a corporal nick. After what happened to your fabricator, if it was Rudvanko, I'd be worried. But Anya has a sweet disposition. She's a healer, not prone to aggression. And you've lowered the dose? Yes, but we're agreed that if we have the same results as the fabricator, the council will compensate me. I can't be asked to bear that expense. When the merchant nodded, Hode signaled to the captain, proceed. The same results as the fabricator. Redvenko claimed Yuri had vanished. Was that what he'd meant? Sergeant, said the captain, are you ready? The guard inside the cell replied, yes, sir. He drew a knife. Juice swallowed hard. First test, said the captain. 
The guard bent forward and told the boy to roll up his sleeve. The boy obeyed and stuck out his arm, popping the thumb of his other hand into his mouth. Too old for that, thought Joost. But the boy must be very scared. Joost had slept with a sock bear until he was nearly fourteen, a fact his older brothers had mocked mercilessly. This will sting just a bit, said the guard. The boy kept his thumb in his mouth and nodded, eyes round. This really isn't necessary, said Anya. Quiet, please, said Hod. The guard gave the boy a pat, then slashed a bright red cut across his forearm. The boy started crying immediately. Anya tried to rise from her chair, but the guard placed a stern hand on her shoulder. It's all right, sergeant, said Hod. Let her heal him. Anya leaned forward, taking the boy's hand gently. Shh, she said softly. Let me help. Will it hurt? The boy gulped. She smiled. Not at all, just a little itch. Try to hold still for me? Juice found himself leaning closer. He'd never actually seen Anya heal someone. Then Anya removed a handkerchief from her sleeve and wiped away the excess blood. Her fingers brushed carefully over the boy's wound. Juice watched in astonishment as the skin slowly seemed to reform and knit together. A few minutes later, the boy grinned and held out his arm. It looked a bit red, but was otherwise smooth and unmarked. Was that magic? Anya tapped him on the nose. Of a sort, the same magic your own body works when given time and a bit of bandage. The boy looked almost disappointed. Good, good, Hode said impatiently. Now the parum. Juiced frowned. He'd never heard that word. The captain signaled to his sergeant. Second sequence. Put out your arm, the sergeant said to the boy once again. The boy shook his head. I don't like that part. Do it. The boy's lower lip quivered. Then he put out his arm. The guard cut him once more. Then he placed a small wax paper envelope on the table in front of Anya. Swallow the contents of the packet, Hode instructed Anya. What is it? She asked, voice trembling. That isn't your concern. What is it? She repeated. It's not going to kill you. We're going to ask you to perform some simple tasks to judge the drug's effects. The sergeant is there to make sure you only do what you're told and no more. Understood? Her jaw set, but she nodded. No one will harm you, said Hode. But remember, if you hurt the sergeant, you have no way out of that cell. The doors are locked from the outside. What is that stuff? whispered Juice. I don't know, said Rutger. What do you know? he muttered. Enough to keep my traps shut. Juice scowled. With shaking hands, Anya lifted the little wax envelope and opened the flap. Go on, said Hode. She tipped her head back and swallowed the powder. For a moment she sat, waiting, lips pressed together. Is it just Jorda? she asked hopefully. Juice found himself hoping too. Jorda was nothing to fear. A stimulant everyone in the stad watch chewed to stay awake on late watches. What does it taste like? Hode asked. Like Judah, but sweeter, it... Anya inhaled sharply. Her hands seized the table, her pupils dilating enough that her eyes looked nearly black. Oh, she said, sighing. It was nearly a purr. The guard tightened his grip on her shoulder. How do you feel? She stared at the mirror and smiled. Her tongue peeked through her white teeth, stained like rust. Juiced felt suddenly cold. Just as it was with the fabricator murmured the merchant. Heal the boy, Hode command. It. She waved her hand through the air, the gesture almost dismissive, and the cut on the boy's arm sealed instantly. The
The blood lifted briefly from his skin in droplets of red and vanished. His skin looked perfectly smooth, all trace of blood or redness gone. The boy beamed. That was definitely magic. It feels like magic, Anya said with that same eerie smile. She didn't touch him, marveled the captain. Anya, said Hode, listen closely. We're going to tell the guard to perform the next test now. Hmm, hummed Anya. Sergeant, said Hode, cut off the boy's thumb. The boy howled and started to cry again. He shoved his hands between his legs to protect them. I should stop this, Juice thought. I should find a way to protect her, both of them. But what then? He was a nobody, new to the Stodwatch, new to this house. Besides, he discovered in a burst of shame, I want to keep my job. Anya merely smiled and tilted her head back so she was looking at the sergeant. Shoot the glass. What did she say? asked the merchant. Sergeant, the captain barked out. Shoot the glass, Anya repeated. The sergeant's face went slack. He cocked his head to one side as if listening to a distant melody, then unslung his rifle and aimed at the observation window. Get down, someone yelled. Juice threw himself to the ground, covering his head as the rapid hammer of gunfire filled his ears and bits of glass rained down on his hands and back. His thoughts were a panicked clamor. His mind tried to deny it, but he knew what he'd just seen. Anya had commanded the sergeant to shoot the glass. She'd made him do it. But that couldn't be. Grisha corporal keys specialized in the human body. They could stop your heart, slow your breathing, snap your bones. But they couldn't get inside your head. For a moment, there was silence. Then Joost was on his feet with everyone else, reaching for his rifle. Hode and the captain shouted at the same time. Subdue her! Shoot her! Do you know how much money she's worth? Hode retorted. Someone restrain her. Do not shoot. Anya raised her hands. Red sleeves spread wide. Wait, she said. Juice's panic vanished. He knew he'd been frightened, but his fear was a distant thing. He was filled with expectation. He wasn't sure what was coming or when, only that it would arrive and that it was essential to be ready to meet it. It might be bad or good. He didn't really care. His heart was free of worry and desire. He longed for nothing, wanted for nothing. His mind silent, his breath steady. He only needed to wait. He saw Anya rise and pick up the little boy. He heard her crooning ten tenderly to him, some Ravkin lullaby. Open the door and come in, Hode, she said. Juiced heard the words, understood them, forgot them. Hode walked to the door and slid the bolt free. He entered the steel cell. Do as you're told, and this will be over soon, yeah? Anya murmured with a smile. Her eyes were black and bottomless pools. Her skin was alight, glowing, incandescent. A thought flickered through Juice's mind, beautiful as the moon. Anya shifted the boy's weight in her arms. Don't look, she murmured against his hair. Now, she said to Hode, pick up the knife. All right, that was the end of chapter one. And so basically what happened, we were introduced to this world, we know what Grisha are, um, so basically Grisha are, well, they can manipulate things. Um, in Anya's case, she's a corporal key, um, a healer, so she can just, like, heal people. Uh, yeah, she works with the body, so, like, yeah, like, he's, like, the, my god, like, like, <laughs> like it was described in the book, she can, like, snap your bones, she can slow your pulse, all that nice stuff. 
and Joost, he's not an important character, he's just to, like, this is just introducing you to, like, some shady stuff that's going on. Um, yeah, we learned some really important words. Grisha, param, short for jour de param. Um, Stodwatch, which is, ba- it's like a royal guard for, it's not even royal, it's just a guard for the city, like, I don't know, like the police or something. And, yeah, so that was that chapter. Um, it's not quite as important now, but it, it will be important later. So, yep. That was the first chapter of Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Alright, so that is going to be all for tonight. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to tune in tomorrow or sometime after (laughs) for the next chapter of Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. This is Rowan's Storytime Corner. Good night. Taverns and coffee houses. In the dark and bleeding alleys of the pleasure district, known as the Barrel. The boy they called Dirty Hands didn't need a reason any more than he needed permission to break a leg, sever an alliance, or change a man's fortunes with the turn of a card. Of course they were wrong, Anish considered, as she crossed the bridge over the black waters of the Burst Canal to the deserted main square that fronted the exchange. Every act of violence was deliberate, and every favor came with enough enough strings attached to stage a puppet show. Kaz always had his reasons. Inej could just never be sure they were the good ones, especially tonight. Inej checked her knives, silently reciting their names, as she always did when she thought there might be trouble. It was a practical habit, but a comfort, too. The blades were her companions. She liked knowing they were ready for whatever the night might bring. She saw Kaz and the others gather near the great stone arch that marked the eastern entrance to the exchange. Three words had been carved into the rock above them. Engent, Vorhent, Almhent. Industry, Integrity, Prosperity. She kept close to the shuttered storefronts that lined the square, avoiding the pockets of flickering gaslight cast by the street lamps. As she moved, she in- inventoried the crew Kaz had brought with him. Dirichs? Roddy, Muzzin, and Keeg, Annika and Pim, and his chosen seconds for tonight's parley, Jesper and Big Bollinger. They jostled and bumped one another, laughing, stamping their feet against the cold snap that had surprised the city this week, the last gasp of winter before spring began in earnest. They were all bruisers and brawlers, cold from the younger mem- members of the dregs, 